I'm so glad that you're with us this morning. Um, thank you for having a listening ear to what God has to say to us. Um, I'm excited to jump in. Let's stand together if you can this morning. We're going to start with our main text and we read it together just a way just to honor his word as we begin. Um, I'm going to read it out loud and you can follow along silently. It'll be on the screen for your convenience. All right. Uh, this is uh, James chapter three. All right. I'm going to jump in. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is uh, never at fault in what they say is perfect. Anybody, anybody here this morning? <laughs> and they're able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth, we come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word. We love your word, and we, we love that we get to come together in your house this morning. God, we just ask this morning that you would speak anew and speak fresh to us. We want to leave here different as a result of this conversation as you speak into us this morning. Your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. So, guys, let me start with a question for you specifically this morning. Have you ever asked a lady when she's due? And they weren't due. <laughs> Anybody in the room? Anybody ever made that mistake before? Okay, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll admit it. So I think the average guy who does this, on average, they do this just one time, right? Unfortunately, there are some of us in the world that are above average. Anybody that has done that? <laughs> Any takers? No? Okay. So we all have those moments because the problem is once our words are out there, they're just out there, right? And the good news is that God gave us all this button. We have, we have a pause. So if we say something that we didn't, you know, we wish we hadn't said, we could say, oh, I was just kidding. But, you know, what we really need is this button, the rewind button. We would all love to have that at some point in our lives, right? When we're in a conversation, oh, I wish I could not say what I just said. Um, you know, it's more than I'm just kidding. I wish that I could take that out of the, the, the reality here. But the rewind button is what we would all really ask God and pray for, right? This is what we need sometimes. So, to get us all caught up, there's, there's one part from last week, which is our first week in this series, that I just want to review very quickly, and it goes like this. Those of you that were here, you will remember this. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And the reason we release our hands is because what happens is when, a lot of times when we're in a listening conversation, we're in an argument, we're in a, um, a, a confrontation is we tense up. We, our, our minds will shut down, our, our physical bodies will shut down. And James was telling us last week in chapter one, you know, we've got to release that. You've got to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So let's, let's just say this all together before we get too far. I'll count to three and we'll do this together. Three, two, one. Quick to listen, slow to speak. One more time. Three, two, one. Quick to listen, slow to speak. You want the same thing that the other person does, right? You want to be heard and you want to be understood. So 
uh, you know, picking up where we left off last week, as you know, as we all know in the room, words are powerful. Words are extremely powerful. In fact, your life has been shaped by, and my life has been shaped by, all of our lives have been shaped by words that were spoken to us. And again, it made, it's, it's just the truth. The words that were spoken to us, the words that were spoken over us, and the words that were spoken about us. Words shaped our, our childhood experiences. Words are shaping our marriages and our most you know, intimate relationships. Words impact your confidence, uh, your, your, your self-confidence. Words impacted who you can uh, see when you look in the mirror, right? And, and so people with no confidence, they, they maybe have gained confidence through words spoken over them. And, and people with extraordinary confidence have all lost confidence because of words that have been spoken to them. So words have power. And the thing that makes this all so fascinating and so difficult all at the same time and so challenging is that the words that we receive and the, and the words that we speak are not equally weighted, are they? They're not equally weighted. In fact, how many more positive words does it take for us to counter one negative word? I don't even know what that number is. There are actually some statistics, but it depends on what is said, right? When, when you hear a negative, one simple positive doesn't many times counter that negative because words are not equally weighted. We never forget, or we rarely will forget hurtful words. It just seems to, to kind of stick in us, and it sticks in our hearts. We, we remember the hurtful words. It's much harder to hold on to and remember encouraging words. In fact, some of you, you'll remember mom and dad or grandpa or somebody, a mentor in your life will have set you aside and they will have put you aside. You remember the whole conversation. You remember the setup and you remember them, you know, sitting you down. Now, son, now, now, sweetheart, now, um, you know, pretty, whatever the name they call you, they, they set you down and they looked at you in the, they looked you in the eye and they said, what I'm about to say right now in this conversation that follows this conversation is so important. I never want you to forget this conversation. And, and so you remember that somebody had a never forget conversation with you, but for some of us, we don't remember what came after that part. You know, we remember the, the, the setup. You just remember, oh yeah, I remember my dad would tell me this is important and I forgot what came after that. And so, but, but here's the thing. We remember hurtful, hurtful words. We remember things that were spoken to us in junior high on the playground. When they, when they called us, you know, a name or, or, or gave us a label and, and, and we hold on to that stuff for whatever reason and we just remember. So words aren't equally weighted. It takes a whole lot more positive words, many, many more positive words to counter as a single negative. And some of you, I, I just, this is a, it's a, I believe it's a spiritual gift. You are encouragers and, and that is an important part of the, the body of Christ. This, this uh, let's see, yesterday morning, how many of you still are just having trouble just remembering what day it is? That's still me. Um, Saturday, so yesterday morning, I had breakfast with an old youth group student, and you guys, some of you guys would know him if I said his name this morning. We met together. He, he's a big boy. He's bigger than me. His, his arms are very muscular. They're bigger than my head. And, <laughs> and so he was sitting on the other side of the table, and it was so good to catch up with him. Him and his wife, they have two kids now, and um, they just moved to Spearfish, and they're just settling down down there. And um, he would many times come in and, and sit in the church services before they moved, but now he's watching the live stream. Maybe he's even watching this morning, so hey. Um, but... Um, we, we were just able to sit there yesterday. And, and, and the thing is, so he's a big guy. He's a, he's a tough guy. He's, you know, does not look like me. <laughs> tough looking guy. And um, we're sitting there and he was just really just kind of sharing from our history and trying to communicate to, to, to me that, you know, you and Deanna, you've just been so meaningful in our lives. And, and, and if, if I was Royce, if he was me in the conversation, this big tough guy, he would not look me at the, in the eye when he was saying it. He was just saying, you know, you mean so much. And I was over there like almost crying and it was just a beautiful moment. Your words have power. 
You know, it, was, it was so meaningful to me that, you know, we had that moment yesterday. You know, a, a kid from youth group that, I mean, which has been like 20 years ago now, probably when we're in that situation, and he just came and said, hey, what you did back then in my life matters. You know, I'm holding on to my faith now because of some of the stuff that, and the conversations that we had, and you as a youth pastor, and that will change your day. It's like, I can do, I can, I can continue doing ministry now for two more years. <laughs> you know, I, I can keep on doing it. So, um, so your words have power. And um, so let's, let's, let's keep on going. So not only, not only are our words not weighted the same, the source isn't weighted the same. So some of you, you are a leader, you're our boss, you're an executive, you, um, you know, have a place of authority where you're at. And so if you are walking down the hall and you're wanting to have a conversation with somebody, you know, you, your words should carry some weight as, it, as you go, right? Some, some people in the hall, they might be, you know, biting their fingernails as you walk down the hall if they have reason to, right? So your words should carry some weight. Now, um, if you're a mom, you're, you, 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 well, if, let's go back. If you're an executive, maybe your, your weight is 150 pounds. If you're a mom, your words are like 500 pounds, right? Your words carry some weight. And, and so what about dads? If you're a dad, your words carry weight too. Um, in fact, I know for a lot of us, for dads in the room, myself included, we have a tendency. It's just, it's just seems to be the thing. We don't use words as much. And that can be a mistake. There, there have been many times, let me tell you, there have been many times as a youth pastor where I've been in the room and I've, I've been, you know, trying to speak life or, or pray with a student and, you know, it'd be, be saying, you know, things that God would give me for them and, you know, God is going to use you and, um, you know, you're a mighty warrior, whatever he's, he's, God's given me to give them. And they'll look at me and, and, and they'll say something to the effect of, well, that's, that's awesome, Sean, that's good. But I, man, it would really mean so much more if my dad would say that to me. If my dad would have had that conversation with me, then, man, the weight of that would have been like, you know, and, and so Lord help us as fathers not to be quiet in our words of affirmation and love for our sons and daughters. Amen? Anybody say amen to that? Yeah. And, and here's another, the last thing. Perhaps the most overlooked part of this dynamic is the recovery time isn't the same. Recovery time isn't equally weighted, right? The hurt, when you hear somebody say something hurtful to you, it hurts immediately. It's like right now, it's like the fire is on, right? But recovery takes time. In fact, no, no amount of, of words to the contrary create this kind of immediate healing and recovery um, unless God does a miracle, right? A lot of times it takes time. And so this is why it's so ridiculous when we have the conversations and we say things like, well, I said I'm sorry, right? I've, I've, been, I've said that before. I said I'm sorry. And the implication is, aren't we fine now? Aren't we back to where we were before I said what I said? <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's, here's the reason why that's silly. It's the same reason like if, if I slammed your hand in the car door and I open the door and your hand is throbbing, right? And I say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Things aren't back to normal until we have a trip to the ER, right? <laughs> There's gonna be a little bit more time involved in that recovery. And the same is true for our words. Our words hurt. Our words hurt, and more words don't immediately make things right. They're not equally weighted. So that's why we're going to keep on going back to this overarching truth that James started us out in with last week. Quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Our words are the most powerful thing that we have. You can do more damage with your words than you can with any other part of your body or any other thing you have control over. You can destroy, think about it. You can destroy a person with words and not even be in the same room with them. Our tongues are a weapon, or as Pastor Derek put it last week, our finger tongues are a weapon, right? If, if Pastor James was writing, writing this book, chapter, chapter uh, one, then this day he might say, be quick to scroll and slow to comment, right? Because we, we get ourselves in trouble on Facebook. We do. And so now, now we started the conversation with James last week, the brother of Jesus. And this whole idea of James being, being the brother of Jesus is still mind-boggling. James, 
He writes this letter to the first century Christians, the believers, and he has a lot to say about the power of our words. In fact, your greatest regret relationally, I'm just guessing this morning, but it's not hard to guess, your greatest regret relationally might have been avoided if we would just take in heed to these words that James is going to give us this morning. Now, these are words that are free. These are words that are, are everywhere. These are the words that sat on your grandma's coffee table or your mom and dad's coffee table, and you might have put them in your pocket. They're in your phone. Uh, they're all over the internet. I mean, these words are everywhere. If, you'd, if we had simply embraced these simple words that we're about to look at, we might avoid some of our greatest relational regret. Our words, our mouths, our tongue can get us into a lot of trouble. Um, and if you will listen, and if you will take heed this morning, if, if we will just kind of lean into what Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning, who knows how many future relational regrets we might be able to avoid because words are so powerful. Now, if you're not a believer yet, that's okay. I want you to listen in because the, this truth this morning is for everybody. Um, when James wrote these words, you know, he had the Christians in mind. He was writing to the believers in the church. But you're about to be introduced to some extraordinary, um, extraordinary insight. And I, I just wanted you to keep this in mind. This is in the New Testament. And these words were, were written by, um, by James, the brother of Jesus. And if, if you've never um, kind of dug into the Bible before, and you're thinking, where's a good place to jump in? You, you could call up the book of James and start there because it is extraordinarily practical. That's what the book of James is. And, and then when you think about this, that this was written over you know, 2,000 years ago, this guy had wisdom, and it's really quite remarkable. So anyhow, here's how it, be, it begins. We're gonna jump in with our, our text that we were reading. And this is his first statement. In fact, if, if you've ever said, or if you've ever heard anybody say that the, the Bible isn't true, well, this first statement is absolutely true. You can't argue with this. Here's how he begins the discussion. He says, we all stumble in many ways. <laughs> Amen to that, right? We've all been there. And that's absolutely the case. We all stumble in many ways. But listen to this. This next statement is kind of the thesis for everything that follows it. And he's, it's so insightful. This is what he says. Anyone, that would be all of us, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. All the perfect people have been raising their hands right now. We all stumble in lots of ways, but anybody who gets control of their mouth is perfect. What do you mean by perfect, James? Well, this is, what he, this is what he tells us. He tells us they're able to keep their whole body in check. In other words, gain control of your mouth, gain control of your tongue, gain control of your words, you will keep your whole body out of trouble. That's how powerful your words are. To, to which we'd say, James, okay, if you're really gonna make a big claim like that, I will, let's have some evidence. And James responds and he says, okay, let me illustrate it for you. And so first illustration, something from his world. This is what he goes on to say. When we put bits into the mouths of horses, I don't know if you've ever done this. Um, I've never done this, but I've heard that it's not the easiest thing to do to put a bit in the mouth of a horse, but this is his world. And this is what he says. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. <laughs> he says, if you get control of the mouth, if, if you get control of the mouth of a horse, you can control the entire thing. Have you ever, have you ever seen you ever seen this picture before? You've you got a, a little itty bitty young man or, or a, a, a young girl get on the horse and they're learning how to control the beast. You know, they're so small, like their legs are like going out like this when they sit on the horse because, you know, they're, they're that small. And it, and, it, and it kind of, when you see that picture, they look even smaller and it looks like they're kind of sitting on an elephant horse, right? Because the horse looks so much bigger. And so you ever see that and the, the trainer is walking them around in the circle as they're beginning the learning process of, of how to uh, tame the beast and it's in, in in one way to put it. And so as they're doing this, this little, little, little person is learning how to, as they're sitting on this mammoth compared to them, to, to guide the horse around. Now, why is it? Because when you control the mouth, you control the entire beast. And so there's the first picture that James gives us. Then he says, okay, if you don't quite get that, let's talk about boats. If you're not a horse person, let's talk about this. Or he says, take ships as an example. Not, not our ships, first century ships. And he says, although they are so large. Now, 
I, I want you to get a picture of this. We're talking about ships, this is the biggest man-made created thing outside of buildings of their time. So they're, they're thinking in their world, this is like huge, right? Ships, okay? Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, which are completely unpredictable, right? They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So here's a graphic up on the screen of an ancient merchant ship. And, you know, so we know that they had these giant sails and that was to help propulsion, that was to help get them going. And they would hold about 200 people and they would hold several tons of cargo. So these things were massive, especially to them. Um, And yet again, you never knew which way the winds were gonna go. The weather's unpredictable, but regardless of that, this little itty bitty rudder in this picture that kind of looked like oars, but it would be this little bitty, thing that would go in the water that in proportion to the whole size of the, of the, the behemoth, the, the, the monster boat, is so small, right? The, the direction and the destination of the entire ship was steered by that rudder. And so the picture, his point is so obvious. James is telling us, small part, little itty bitty part. And what's the result? Big influence. Small part, big influence. So he says a rudder, or, or a bridle in the mouth of a horse, is, it's insignificant proportionally. I mean, look at the size of all the different parts. It's insignificant proportionally, but it has this extraordinary influence in terms of the direction of, of the beast or the direction of the ship. Or, as he's gonna argue, the direction of your life and the direction of my life. Likewise, he says, likewise, just like the rudder, just like the bit in the mouth of a horse, likewise the tongue. All right, he's talking about us now. It's getting personal. Now, before we go on, just think about it. Just take a second with me. I don't want to miss this picture. Think about the size of your tongue compared to the rest of your body. Think about it. I mean, to begin with, it's about the ugliest part of your body, right? There's a reason probably that God put it inside of our mouths. It's the part that nobody wants to see. It's only about four inches long. And, and, and yet it has the power, James is going to be telling us here, to control your destiny. Your, your tongue, by the way, is made up of about eight muscles. And it's so interesting. This shouldn't be a surprise, but the eight muscles in your tongue, they never get tired. How many of you have ever just had to ha- have a break, you know, and give your tongue a, a rest break because, you know, you're using it too much? That never happens. Your tongue never gets tired and um, they're, they're never exhausted. Is anybody surprised by that? You're thinking, no, I, I know this person. I'm actually thinking of him right now. <laughs> well, your tongue doesn't either. Our tongues never get tired. They never get exhausted. So um, we, we're thinking about that person. The rest of your muscles will wear out, not the tongue. It, it never, ever, ever, ever wears out. So James says, likewise, And he starts talking about the tongue, even though it's like one of the smallest parts of our body in the big picture, it makes great boasts. It has extraordinary influence and power. And he says, consider, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a little itty bitty spark, right? Let's see if I can get this to work. A little itty bitty spark. You guys all have problems with these things too. (laughs) And what will happen as a result of this spark is a big flame, right? One little itty bitty spark. And we guys, if you've been around here in this country, you guys know what happens when a forest fire starts taking off, right? You know that there'll be literally hundreds and hundreds, teams of firefighters and trucks, and and it'll it'll be, you know, will, will you have whole teams of people fighting for houses and towns. And, you know, we saw it um, in Keystone where the fire came right up, right up next to the town. And actually the whole side of the town was, we've seen that story. And it all started with just one spark. I mean, we've heard the stories and we've, we've, uh, when we were in uh, Colorado, our family was down there. Um, We were in this situation where uh, it would have been two years ago, and there's, there's fires actually in Colorado right now, but there was a different set of fires down there further in the Southwest. And I mean, it was like a quarter of the state was on fire. And we'd, we'd, we'd be coming back from, from summer camps. We'd be coming back. And, and the picture that we, we'd see as we come even as far away from Colorado Springs all the way to, to Durango where the fires were happening. I mean, a couple hours worth of driving distance, you'd start seeing the smoke and the effects of that fire 
And, and, and you know, you'd hear the story and you'd hear the story about how it started. It was some guy that was shooting on a fire range or it was, you know, some guy that threw a cigarette butt out, out of the car and it, and it just makes, what in the world were they thinking? That's the kind of conversation, the thing that goes through your head that would destroy so much. One little spark and it's just this vast destruction that happens. Something so small can create damage so vast. And so he says, look, I just want to keep you focused on this. Our mouths and your words, and this is what he says, the tongue is also a fire. Okay, James, we're going to go there. Okay, yeah, that's we're going to go there. The tongue is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It's like, you're getting pretty dark here, James. A world of evil, really? The tongue? That your tongue that your mouth, your words have the potential for endless evil. Now, as we're gonna see next week, I don't want you to, uh, to just dwell on this. We're actually, don't, let me just say this. Don't miss next week if you, if you absolutely, uh, I, I want you to catch the follow-up to this because next week we'll see that it also has the endless potential for endless good. And so I, I, I want, I, we're going to continue on that conversation. But this week, and the, the scriptures that we're reading this week, he's focused on the negative here. And he's painting a picture for us, the potential for endless evil. So think about it. Every, every kind of evil, many, many, many kinds of evil can be initiated by the mouth. Divorce can be initiated by what we say or what we hear. Murder can be initiated by, because of an argument. Wars have been started, right, over words. And we are all born with these pilot lights in our mouths lit. <laughs> we come into the world with these things lit. They are ready. And he says, it, it, it gets worse. I'm just following the scripture here. The mouth, the tongue, our words, it actually has the power to corrupt the whole body, is what he says, your tongue. And we all have a story. We all have a story. And it doesn't take long for these to come to mind. We all have an illustration of how our mouths didn't just get our mouths in trouble. Our mouths got our whole self in trouble, right? Because when your kid says something and you know, their mouth goes off, it's not their mouth that gets grounded, right? It's the whole kid. When, you're, when your teenager mouths off, it's not the, the teenager's mouth that gets grounded. It's the whole person. And so... Here, here's the, the, the picture that he point, he's pointing out. This James' point is that, you know, we, we don't divorce a mouth. We, you divorce the entire person. That's James' point here. That your words and your mouth and your tongue have the great potential to get your entire self, your, your, your whole self, into trouble. Your entire life, he says, it has the potential, going back to the fire imagery, to set the course of one's entire life on fire. Think of that imagery of the forest fire. That's, the, that's kind of the imagery he's going for. You know, this thing, your tongue, will be the spark that'll set the whole thing on fire. And so, the whole course of a life. The, as your words go, is what he's saying. If you want to say it another way, as your words go, so will your life. As your words go, so will your relationships. As, as you have the potential, and I have the potential to burn a relationship with, with my words. I have a potential to burn down my marriage with my words. I have the potential to burn down relationship with my kids. I have uh, uh, the potential to burn down relationship with my friends. My words can burn down my career. Um, they can burn down my future all with my words. And the truth is a little bit convicting because some of us have scorched the people that we love. We've done it. We've, we've, we've scorched the people with, with the fire that comes out of our mouth. And, you know, kids, our kids, why would we scorch our kids with the words that come out of our mouth? But it happens. The people that we love, that we ask to spend the rest of our lives with, why would we scorch them with our sarcasm or our, you know, those hurtful words that come out of our mouths? And then when we're, when we're confronted, how do we respond? We defend. Well, and what do we defend with? We defend with more words, <laughs> which can be a dangerous thing, right? Because we'll, we'll, we'll say, well, I was just being honest, or I, I, I was just mad, or you, know, you have to forgive me because I was drunk, or, you know, whatever it is, I, I didn't mean it. And the truth is, and you know this, you're intelligent people. If you start a fire, even if it's by accident, who's responsible for starting the fire? 
And who's responsible for the damage that comes from the fire? Who's responsible for the aftermath? Your words are the same. If you start a fire with your words, even if it was an accident, look at the forest fire. And then, as if we haven't gone deep enough, he takes us to the very bottom and he says, and this fire that you start with your mouth, this toxic thing that's inside of your mouth. Okay, James, we're getting the picture. That this powerful thing, in terms of negative potential, he says it's actually set on fire by hell. Now, when he uses hell, the word hell here, he's not talking about a place of torment. He's talking about the source, where it comes from. He's, he's saying that there's something that is evil, that is, that's, you know, that, that this potential that can come from your mouth. And you, you ever had, you know, just your sweet little kid said something, you're like, where did that come from? Well, James is giving us the answer here. He said, I'll tell you, it came from within you. There's something in your tongue. He says, there's, 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 it has the potential to do extraordinary harm. But then here's the thing, he's still not done. It's like, okay, come on, that's enough, James. We've, we can, can we turn the corner now? And he says, no, not yet. And this is what he says. He says, all kinds of animals. Now he's going a completely different direction here. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. Now, when it says tame, he's talking about um, subdued, not domesticated. But here's what he says. No one, no one, no human being, it says in the translation I'm reading from, can, as in you are not able to tame the tongue. James. So my tongue my tongue, he says, it's untamable. It, it, can, it can never be fully domesticated. It can never be fully under control. There will always be this unpredictable factor about our mouths and about our words. And again, that's why uh, scripture says, and if we, we continue reading, it says our, we gotta guard our mouths. And it's so important for us to be quick to listen. Quick to listen and slow to speak. Because when we're slow to speak, it gives us some time to process before we let that fire out of our mouths. Quick to listen, quick to listen, and late. If you were here last week, we know that the language there in the original language, it's actually when it says being slow to speak, it means be late to the conversation, wait. Be late to the conversation, hold your words. Quick to listen and so to speak. He's still not done. He says, it is a restless evil. That's a powerful word. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. It's volatile. It should come with a warning label. I think about this today. I could stand up here and with just my words, I could get myself in a lot of trouble. I mean, you, I could have people walk out of this room pretty easily if I just said the wrong thing, right? And we could all do that. That's the power of words. That's the power of, oh my gosh, somebody has to guard my mouth. This thing is like a fire. And then he illustrates this, how unpredictable the mouth is. And this is amazing. In fact, some of, some of us are guilty of what he's, he's about to talk about right now this morning, or some of us will be guilty of this by the end of the day. We will be. And he says, okay, he's talking primarily to Jesus followers here in the first century. And he says, I just want to illustrate how powerful this thing is. And he says, with the tongue, with the tongue or the mouth, with our, our words, we praise our Lord and Father and we turn right around and we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. It's like when you come to church, you're here on a Sunday morning and you're singing these you know, incredible songs. I just love Jesus. I love him. Yes, I do. How about you? And we're singing and we're praising and you know, the things are great. And then you get in the car and then you get in the restaurant and you get home and you know, you say you love God and then you treat people that God loves like they're inhuman. Men. And I mean, we, we are so demeaning and so critical. You've seen it. You've witnessed it. You've seen it play out on social media. You've seen this picture. So caustic, so sarcastic. And that was just, you know, on Facebook on the way home from church. And, and, and it, I mean, he's saying, think about that. Think about the power of our words. He says, that's just weird that out of the same tool out of the same function out of the same mouth comes both praise and cursing and then he kind of leans in and he's talking to the church he's talking to the brothers he's talking to the sister and he says brothers and sisters he says this should not be it should not be 
It doesn't make any sense, he says, for somebody to be able to say that they love God with their mouth and then turn around with that same mouth and curse the people that God says that he loves. Should not be. And then he asks us the question. He, he, he's flipping. He's, he's doing a little, he's just this little, little, little trick that Jesus uses, right? He's gonna ask us some questions. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? And everybody in the room, everybody in the audience, everybody in the conversation knows the answer. No. You know, so James says the tongue is miraculous, isn't it? This is what's happening. I mean, we, we don't see anywhere else in nature, but we see the, our mouth as something that's, that's, that's very opposite. Two opposite things can come from the same source. And he's given us this picture. I mean, it's never been done before. The mouth is a miraculous thing. It's like a miracle. It's like a magic trick. And he says, my brothers and sisters, he says it again. I want to get your attention. My brothers, my sisters, can a fig tree bear olives. This is their world. So their answer is a quick and easy no. Or can a grapevine bear figs? Quick, easy answer. No. Why are you asking us these silly questions, James? We know the answer. And his response is, I just want to make a point. It's so natural what comes out of our mouth. And he says, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So something is uniquely, um, disturbingly wrong with our mouth. And then what comes out next is a shock. The end. <laughs> the conversation is over. He, it's like the conversation is done and he goes on, he flushes it and he goes on to the next topic. And like the audience would be like, wait, wait, wait you just hit the brakes and you threw us out in the front of the hood of the car. You know, so you've got to slow this thing down and you've got to uh, give us some application, James. You've got to you know, point us, give us some hope. James, give us some suggestions. What do we do? And he doesn't. He doesn't, can, he doesn't go anywhere from the conversation. It just kind of ends right there and he goes on to the next topic. And here's the thing. I think there's probably a good reason for this. And maybe that reason might, it could very well be that there is no once and for all solution when it comes to our tongues. That seems to be what he's trying to teach us here. He's saying it's a dangerous thing and it's something that you need to guard and you need to be thinking about and you need to be aware of. And so there is no, hey, once you learn this, you're done. You know, there is no, once, once you do this, you're done. Once you mature, you're done. Once you read, you know, uh, hit an age, whatever that age, you're done. It, no, this is a constant thing. It's a constant potential for great good, which we're, we're, we're gonna talk about next week. And it's a constant potential for extraordinary evil. It determines the direction and quality of your life, according to James. And so it determines the, the quality and direction of your family, the quality and direction of your children, the quality and the direction of your roommate, the people you work with, the people you work for. And he says, this is a really big deal. And you're never safe. It's something that you have to keep in mind, keep it guarded, constantly guarded. So the big question that just kind of looms as we kind of get near the end here, so what do we do now, James? Thanks for that. Thanks for this dark conversation, this resident evil, <laughs> and then just leaving the conversation. Thank you a lot, James. What do we do? And, you know, when I was preparing for our time together, I was tempted to say, well, James doesn't tell us, and so I don't know. God bless you. See you next week. <laughs> And, and we could do that, but this is a good question. And this is what we're talking about. And we're talking about our tongue. And so, um, you know, if, if we look, here's what I want to do as we close. And just give me your, your attention uh, for, for this, if you would, please. I just want to give you three words. And if you look in the scope uh, uh, and, and the story uh, of the scriptures, I think we can rest on, on these three words with some confidence this morning. And, and so this sets us up for where we're going to go specifically, where James is going to take us in scripture next week, because there is hope and there is always hope in Jesus. James' point in, in our conversation today is to make us understand the gravity of what we're dealing with. So apologies, you know, if today felt a little heavy, but the author meant for it to feel that way. So that's why it feels that way. But I want to give us three words before we leave this morning. And the three words are these. You can write them down if you're taking notes. The three words are remember, surrender, and confess. And the idea of remember, I'll give them to you just one by one. The idea of remember is this, and this is James' point with the conversation that he has here in the scripture. He says, remember the, the power that you have. Remember the power that comes from your tongue. This little spark can start a whole fire. And so we don't often feel this. 
We don't often take time to recognize this and we don't understand the gravity of it a lot of time, but you are a very powerful person because you can wield one of the most powerful weapons that's on this planet earth and that is the tongue. You have the power of the tongue and you can wield that weapon. So every time you open your mouth, James is telling us through this conversations, remember that. Remember that, especially when you're angry. Remember that, especially when you're frustrated. Remember that, especially when you're kind of wound up. You were born with a pilot light and it is on. So remember that. Remember your potential for good. And we'll go there next week. So hold on for that. And remember your potential for evil and for destruction. That's real. And it's unlimited. Remember, it doesn't get tired. It doesn't wear out. Remember that and guard it. Then here's the second thing. The second word is surrender. It comes from the fact that, you know, hey, if this is such a great deal and we have the potential to burn down relationships and burn down the people that we love the most, and some of us have been scorched by other people that we love the most, and so we've developed some bad habits in terms of how we respond, then we need to surrender this weapon to Jesus. <laughs> I need to, 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 to come fully aware that, you know, I have a weapon. I'm going to lay this thing down. This has been something that I've done personally for, for a, a long time. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the, the Christians in Romans, um, the book of Rome, I mean, sorry, the book of Romans, he says that, Christians are um, to offer their bodies, all the parts of their bodies as a living sacrifice, right? So let me just give you just a a quick and easy way to start. You may be a person that prays every morning. You, You may never pray, but here's a simple prayer that goes right to the heart of what James is talking about. What if every morning on a trial run, maybe, maybe for the next week, we pray this simple prayer, heavenly father, would you just remind me to be quick to listen and slow to speak? Quick to listen. I want to hear and understand what that other person is saying, and I want to honor them by listening, by by being someone that cares about them. Listening is a way to love, right? It's loving that person and help me to be slow to speak. Heavenly Father, remind me to do that. And you just start the day with that. You may not be the person that prays very much, but here's what I know about you. Here's, here's you, you want this for you. You want people in your life to be quick to listen to you and slow to speak and, and the people that you live with to live this out, right? So why not let it start with you and ask God to help you as you're doing that? And here's the last thing. The third word is to confess. And that's when you mess up. And James basically tells us that we're going to mess up with our mouths. This isn't an if, this isn't a when, you know, this is a when. This 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 isn't, you know, oh, I've graduated and I've moved beyond that. I've matured beyond that. Uh, James says, no, you don't mature beyond this. You've got to guard your mouth. But when you mess up, when that fire starts, let's do everything we can to put it out as quick as we can. So I'm going to confess. So here's the thing. Confess doesn't mean explain. He's not saying, don't 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 try to explain stop explaining don't give excuses own the fires that began with your tongue own that fire own them own the scorching sarcasm you know that has been a part or a habit that you've used and it's it has hurt people maybe even unintentionally just own them there's no place for those kind of words when it's burning people when it's, eh, eh. here's the thing, everybody might chuckle, but we have to be so careful. You will wound somebody with your words. It's a powerful weapon, so confess it. Put that fire out. Do it immediately and break that habit. And so, dads, let, let's, let's pay special attention to this. Sometimes our words, for whatever reason, can land the hottest and heaviest. So just remember that, kids. And this is all of us. If you're in the room, we're all kids, right? We all have a mom and dad. Um, if you're, you're, you're a child, you have a parent and you have had a parent. And our words to our parents, let me just say this, are some of the heaviest words that your parents will ever hear. So don't believe that, you know, when you're having a conversation and you're trying to get a point across and you say some really hot and heavy things that kind of start the fire, don't just say, well, it's just my mom. There's no such thing as it's just my mom or it's just my dad. Your words, regardless of your age, matter to your parents and it can break their heart. Ladies, um, let me just say this. Men, we, we try to look like we're tough, that we can take anything. Um, and we laugh when we're criticized. 
But truthfully, you probably know this, our egos are so fragile. (laughs) And so just remember that, guard your words. And men, come on, you better be honoring the ladies in your life with your words. The women in your life, the women at work, any women that you come in contact with, just decide that I'm gonna honor the ladies in the presence of other ladies and I'm gonna honor ladies when there's no ladies around because the world that you want your daughter or your granddaughter to live in is the culture that we create, right? Our words have power. Let's stand as we close this morning. Quick to listen, slow to speak. The last thing Just as we're closing here, for those of you who grew up in homes or you grew up in environments where words were used against you, I just wanna speak to you this morning where where you were scorched over and over and over and over again. Please, for the sake of the next generation, don't repeat that cycle. Let's end that this morning. Let's break that this morning. You, because here's the thing, you will be inclined to repeat that cycle and you have likely already heard some of those words come out of your mouth. It's, 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 this, it's this thing that happens, the very same thing that you heard coming out of mom or dad's or whoever that person was in your mouth, you've already heard it. You're like, where did that come from? And James tells us, he says, it comes from the pit of hell. He's talking about, it's, it's, a, it's a source of evil. There's, you've got to guard your tongue. Let's end that cycle right here this morning and decide that we're going to break it this morning because words are powerful. And as we're going to see next week, they have the extraordinary power for continuous and unlimited good as well as evil. And so your mouth cannot be tamed. Um, it, it can be guarded though. It can be guarded. And by God's grace, and with the truth that we're learning this morning, it can be controlled. So say it with me quick as as we're just closing this morning. Quick to listen. Ready? Three, two, one. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. So please don't miss part three next week because that's where a lot of the hope comes into the picture and there's always hope when we're with Jesus, amen. Father God, thank you for your word to us this morning. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom to tame the tongue. God, James gives us a picture here of an untamable beast, but we know with you there is always hope. And so God, give us the wisdom to guard our mouths. God, give us wisdom to use our words as a tool to bring um, light, hope, strength, encouragement to those around us. And Lord, forgive us when we have used it to start fires and when we have used it to hurt people. And we the, the Pastor Sean must feel coming up. I mean, he's, he's bringing a, a, a message that for a lot of us is going to be a message of correction. And if I was to do it, I might stand up here and be like, guys, stop being stupid. And I might be aggressive and abrasive, but when Pastor Sean comes up, he's full of grace and compassion and he, he, he comes with, with a voice that's carrying, I feel like he's carrying the voice of God and bringing, bringing correction to us in a way that, 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 that can, can get deep inside and doesn't leave us feeling uh, hurt or yelled at, but leaves us feeling empowered to, to change and empowered to become better people and love each other better. And it's a wonderful thing. Can we give him a hand for all of that? <clears throat> But as he's up here talking about uh, uh, the, the weight that our words have, can you imagine being in that position where you're, you're, you, the weight of your words could lead someone to heaven or chase them out of the church forever? Can you imagine? Well, your, your words do. All of our words do. Or how about me? My, my job right now is to stand up here and take the message that Sean just shared and uh, funnel it into an altar call. And, uh, well, really, um, you can take anything from any point of the Bible and it all points to Jesus. So, so it'll all point to salvation as long as I've you know, done my work. I have, I have no reason to be nervous and, and no reason to, to have a problem uh, you know, meeting that goal. Uh, you know, he's talking about controlling the mouth and he's talking about uh, uh, learning to behave better. He's talking about how, uh, you know, we can't control our tongue, but, but who can? Well, Jesus can, Holy Spirit can. And so we're asking uh, uh, Jesus, we're asking Holy Spirit to get inside of us, change the way we think, change the way we speak, change the way we behave. So it's not, not such a hard deal, but I, I could come up here and I could be super stressed out because if I mess this up, I could mess somebody up. But I'm not nervous and I'm not scared.
Because my job isn't to get you saved. My job isn't to make you make better decisions. My job is not to make you become a better person. It's not Pastor Sean's job. It's not our job. Our job is to love God, to follow Holy Spirit, and to come prepared. So as long as I've come prepared and I'm following Holy Spirit, I've done my job. Everything in between is between him and you. I don't get people saved. Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit draws on you and calls you and and brings you to a position where your life comes into alignment with, with Christ. And so... What I'm getting at today, and I know a lot of us in this room are, are already saved and we're already Christian, and, and so I would hope that this discussion helps empower you to have these kinds of conversations with others. I mean, ultimately, the amount of unsaved people that come into this building is really, really low, but the amount of unsaved people that you meet is really, really high. So if I'm going to affect the world, I'm gonna do it through you, which is ultimately what Jesus does, right? So anyway, we come to this point where, where our lives are coming into alignment with, with Christ. And then, you know, we've been talking about the weight of our words. And um, let's say, for the sake of argument, that I love my wife. Just, let's just throw that out there and just pretend. I, no, I love my wife very much. I love her very, very, very much. And uh, she laughed first service, so I got to tell the joke again. <clears throat> But uh, uh, I do love her very much. But let's, let's say for, for, for the, the sake of the story that I love my wife very much, but I never tell her. I take care of her. I provide for her. I uh, make sure that she has everything in the world that she could ever possibly need. But I never say, I love you. What does that do? What does the lack of that language do to our relationship? or my son and my daughter. I provide for them, I take care of them, I make sure they have everything that they need, but I never tell them I love them. What does that do to our relationship? So really what we're talking about is Holy Spirit brings our lives into alignment with Christ. He, he starts calling us, he draws us near to him. And then we just kind of get to a point where, where the abundance of love for Jesus and the, the, the change that's happening on the inside needs to come out in these words that are so powerful and so meaningful. And that's all we're doing today. That's all I'm inviting you to do today. So if you're, if you're, uh, if you're online or if you're in, in-house and uh, you're, you're feeling like, man, I've, I've come into alignment with Jesus and I wanna follow him and I wanna spend my life with him, uh, I'd encourage you to, to pray after me the words that, are, that we're gonna uh, pray here in a couple of minutes. And you know, maybe you're a Christian and you've, you've, been, uh, you know, you've been in a relationship with Jesus for a long time, but you just never really say, Jesus, I love you. Well, maybe today you just need to let, let some of those words come out. So um, if you feel led this morning, I'd, I'd encourage you to pray after me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I love you so much. I know that you're my savior and I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, change me change the way I think, change the way I feel, change the way I speak, and help me to follow after you for the rest of my life. In your name we pray, amen.